time once again for Colette and Matt have entered the chat, a member of the HyperX Podcast Network. My voice, you're hearing it. I'm Matt Silverman, joined as always by the one and only Colette Bennett. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I just realized that I was going to open the show with a lyric like the way you've been doing, but then I forgot to do Ooh. it today. <laughs> so, all right. Do you want to save it or do you, or should we I'm rewind? Save what, it. What do you... No, save it till next week and I'll come up with something better. Okay, great. So next week you have to just remind me to not blab at the beginning. I'm just, I'll play the music and then you take the reins. You're, you drive and then you'll, you'll do it. That sounds good. And I'll good. finally know what it feels like. Okay. This is a, a fine audio broadcast about the most important topic uh, that we can possibly think of, which is video games. And uh, there's a lot to talk about. Normally, we talk about what we are playing, what you're playing. We just kind of have a jam session about uh, what's going on in our, in our video game lives. Uh, but it is just a cavalcade of announcements and news and summer game fest. I guess this is like wherever e3 would be around this time in the season there's there's all this stuff continuing to happen on the internet yeah and it's just like it's amazing like i i think because of so many years of e3 like i don't know i guess for me i'm just used to being like okay i know where everything's going to come from i know that this thing's (laughs) going to be today and this thing's going to be today but for some reason even though i've known like when each showcase was going to come, I kind of feel like, I don't know, like my brain has kind of been blown. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like I was, I was, uh, listeners, I was saying to Matt right before the show that I wanted to be as caught up as I could before we talked about all these games. So right before the show, I was like, I'm going to catch up on the wholesome direct, which by the way, is my favorite game event of the year and has been for like Mm -hmm. several years in a row now. So I go on over there thinking like, you know, it's going to be like 30 games or whatever. It was more than 90 games, which has got to be, we didn't look at this up, but like wholesome games started small and humbly and grew and became recognized and known. Yeah. But like. Last year, there was not 90 games. No, I I mean, I couldn't tell you how many there were when I I watched last year's, but I know there weren't 90. I know there were probably Mm -hmm. like, you know, 30 or 40. And to be clear, some of the ones that were in it this year were also in it last year and they're still in development. Um, or some of them are out and they had like an expansion or an extra thing coming out. So it wasn't like yep. it was, you know, 90 brand spanking new games, but it was still so many games. Like, yeah, my brain <laughs> up to date information about 90 games. Yeah. 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 So like by the time I finished, I was like, my God, like I my brain is extremely full of things. <laughs> <laughs> I OK. <sighs> I, I may have I may have mentioned this uh, last week, it maybe in passing, and and I probably have said it to you, but like, it, it's just so much, and it's so hard to know. You only have limited amount of hours in your fucking life, let alone your week, your day, right. your 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 limited game time as as busy adults, and so these announcements are not helping. And then what's really it's really messing me up is that you know. Having the Steam Deck now, it's like, oh, I, I wait, oh, this game that I never would have played, now I will definitely, I definitely want to play it, and I'm really, really having um, wild choice paralysis. Oh, I and, bet. And so, 
And so it's like you have a library of games that you can't even decide what to sink your time into. And then over here, you've got you've got one event with 90 games, let alone right. six other events that we're going to talk about. And, you know, it's what a first world problem to have. But like, it's I still really I. I want to play really great stuff and I really want to sink my mind into something phenomenal. And there are like 20 games on these lists that all have the potential to be that. And I just don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, no, I get uh, it. I feel the exact same way. I really do. And it's, I, I was just thinking honestly about before the show. Um, I mean the podcast rather not, not watching the wholesome direct. I was thinking to myself mm -hmm. like, man, it, we really are just trying to find a find a game that like clicks like the puzzle piece that goes into place like for both of us we kind of look for that type of game and I, I think some other people do some other people don't like some people it can be perfectly happy like you know playing a variety of different types of games or games that engage them on different levels um mm -hmm. whereas i think that you and i are both like you know looking for the crack cocaine that will like perfectly like click into place in our brains and then we'll be obsessed for 90 hours <laughs> And like, I was thinking, man, I, 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 it could be any of these games, but like, will I find it among all these or, or will I, you know, could I so easily miss something that could like click for me like that? Could you miss something? And it's also, as we've discussed, like you got to put like 10 hours into something before you really, really, it's so rare. I, well, uh, tell me if you agree to be like five minutes oh yeah this is gonna be my next lifelong game you know my, <laughs> my my favorite like you really you have to make a little commitment and uh it's hard it's hard to yeah find the time for all yeah of it. no it, it really i agree it really really is so well i guess we got to start somewhere <laughs> we have a lot of sort of show rundowns to look at we're obviously not going to cover every little thing but we're gonna pluck out Little items, titles, announcements, gems, updates that we're like, oh, my God, can't wait. Or mm -hmm. isn't this interesting? Let's talk about it. Uh, and so we can start with Wholesome Games because you have uh, you have launched us there, if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Um, hold on. I thought we were going to go in opposite direction for some reason. So give me a second to make sure I've got that properly um, pulled up so I can use the list. And, okay. and and in our in our brief pre podcast chat, we we completely left out uh, Sony State of Play, which was oh earlier last week. Our our podcast schedule is weird because I think we recorded our last show before a lot of these announcements, and now we're recording this show after many of these announcements have passed and you won't hear this show until much later. So this stuff has been percolating in between our, our meetings. So um, it's all, it's a game of catch up here for us. Yep, absolutely. So we will, we will play the game, but okay, let's see. So um, wholesome direct uh, for anyone who doesn't know what wholesome direct is, it's an organization called wholesome games that basically their little tagline is brightening your day with uplifting, compassionate, cozy video games. Um, I think this is their third year, but it might be their fourth. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed um, watching their directs and just kind of keeping up with them in general. They do have a Steam presence, so you can like go and follow their Steam profile and then like wish list games that they've helped to promote. Just to be clear, yeah. they don't make the games. They're kind of like a promotion vehicle to help gather all the games into one place. 
And they're not a publisher either. They're, it's literally just a, an event, a, a curational th- th- something or other, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a curation thing, which is really cool. They kind of like help. I found them on Twitter first, I think. And mm-hmm. they kind of like help get stuff out there. But then this year, they're doing something new and different that I thought was really cool. So in addition to the direct, um, they decided to do this. This, How do I put it? They There's a thing that they partner with called the Galaxy Fund. So basically what the Galaxy Fund is, is it's like to help developers like make um, games, but it specifically focuses on BIPOC and queer developers and kind of like helping them get their stuff out into the world. Um, Uh So they partnered with the Yeti and they made two wholesome game t-shirts, like both of them kind of like representing different games from the direct. Um, And by buying those, you support the um, Galaxy Fund by donating a bit of money to it. I think it's like the shirts are like 15 bucks and you donate five. Um, so that's like something that they've helped to organize to like kind of help like support this entire community, which I think is really cool. And, and, and aside from the charitable partnership, which is obviously sounds fantastic. Uh, there must be, there must be a business here. Like they're not publishing games. They're not selling games. They're not developing games, but I'm sure it's kind of like, Hey, we'll market your game and that there's a fee or a transaction. And there's, so I hope, I hope whoever is running wholesome games is like doing well making a living getting supported by the community because like you said they're they're growing for three years in four years in started with whatever maybe 20 games and now up to 90 right uh, that's right. that's quite as quite a trajectory yeah no definitely i mean i i actually just scrolled down out of curiosity on the site because i was looking at all the games and mm-hmm. it basically was a community that started on twitter and indie game developers started curating games just like for fun um yeah. and it says since then the community has grown to more than five hundred thousand members across twitter discord tiktok youtube and instagram it's fantastic yeah, yeah. really I really mean, cool and maybe it Maybe it is more of a co-op. Maybe it's more of a collaborative entity that is nonprofit. But well, so we should we, we should, should do our homework and and, uh, and look into this. Yes, I should. I should probably reach out to them and be like, "Hello, do you like podcasts? Do you like podcasts? <laughs> Come on over." Um, you know, because what I, I I I'm it's reminding me. I don't know if this is a good comparison, but if it is a nonprofit collective, it's reminding me of Games Done Quick, which is again twice a year it right. was in person and and will continue to be eventually but like in person virtual live event collaborative charity fundraiser all of it but it's not a business it's just everyone getting together to support a cause it's i think it's, it's usually child uh, child's play or or a cancer hospital for kids you know st jude's or one of those and um it's just a huge thing that is where there's so much money going into it from an organizational standpoint, but it's just to like do awesome stuff and make the world better. <laughs> you know, there's no, uh, there's no corporate interest, uh, at the end of that chain. So, uh, you know, uh, games can, can do some awesome stuff. Yeah, no, totally. I I'm on the same page with that. Um, we'll have to find out more. So since there were so many games and so many of them are freaking adorable and just look like heartwarming from beginning to end, I was like, well, let me try to like condense down a little bit into some of the games that uh, I was like, oh, wow, I definitely am going to play that (laughs) because I must. Um, so, uh, first up on my list, um, was Usagi Shima. This is a sim in which you care for rabbits. If you ever played Neko Atsume, which was the phone game where you like built your little, like cozy, like 
outdoor area with like a little indoor area and like you open it just periodically. Yeah, you yep. open it periodically to look for cats. Uh, Usagi Shima kind of looks like that same vibe, but with rabbits and it's adorable. Um, I don't know if it, if it's contingent on opening and closing something, that part, I'm not sure, but that was my first thought when I saw it as, Oh my God, this like precious little, you know, clearly Japanese inspired rabbit sim where you take care of rabbits. So that was like a hell yes. Give me that right now. What's uh, it's saying TBD on this website. So no Mm -hmm. release date, but like, are you aware if this is the same? Cause the art style is very similar to that other cat game. Yeah, it uh, is. Maybe not the same developer. We don't know. Oh no, definitely not. Um, you know, inspired by, and I, I noticed, uh, there are definitely a lot of games that I saw in the wholesome direct that I was like, Oh, that has a little whiff of this or, or, you know, mm-hmm. which several other ones I'm going to mention are going to have a similar thing. Um, but no, definitely not the same folks. Um, and it looks like they're early on because obviously they don't have a ton of stuff going on uh, yet as far as information. I mean, you, you can read what the game does. Um, oh, wait, no, I take it back. There's a little blurb. Uh, striving to release the public beta for mobile around the end of 2022 okay. with the final release okay. for Steam and PC aiming for the first half of 2023. So Great, great. My, I mentioned this in, in the Discord. Uh, my daughter is. We, we will. I'm sorry to say, we'll never own a pet. We're just not animal people. <laughs> we do not want to clean up or walk or shovel any any uh, things that pets do or leave behind. Uh, but of course, the kids being kids, they're like, "Well, can't we just get this or that?" And um, my daughter's been asking about like, sh- are there? Is there like a Tamagotchi? Is there like a modern Tamagotchi game? That really is about caring and feeding and upgrading and buying and decorating, like almost like animal, like, is there an animal crossing for like pet care where it's like living and evolving and growing in real time? And I, cursory research did not come up with any satisfactory things for mobile or switch um docky in our discord mentioned um nintendogs which is for 3ds which sounds like a perfect fit but it like, was great but so old and it would be hard to play so now i think hard i don't yeah, we don't own a 3ds they're very expensive and would i buy a 3ds to play one game anyway so my question is neko atsumi hope i'm saying that right D- is that what we're after and or maybe this bunny game could be something it it could maybe be it's not quite the same in that like if you play for instance nintendogs if we were to go back to that nintendogs mm-hmm. would be like you know you would take care of one or two puppies and you would probably like you know feed them groom them etc whereas with the cats in neko atsume it's almost like a cat collecting game but i mean okay. I, I still think that it could maybe sort of scratch the itch like basically you know you open up the game and you have this cute little indoor outdoor hand-drawn area and you basically buy toys and stuff and leave them Mm -hmm. out and then you periodically open the app to check and see if cats are visiting um you can take Hmm. pictures of them you can Mm -hmm. like get bonuses to build out the area and make it bigger like you unlock a bigger part of the house I think it, but it's, I would say a cat collecting game is the best way to describe it. Which is, that's a good distinction and that is helpful to understand it. So that's, that's great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, but I mean, I think, you know, it it would be, oh, and it used to only be in Japanese, but it got really popular in America. Um, (laughs) And I played it in Japanese, but um, eventually an English language version came out. So, and it's free to play. And I don't believe that it, it, if I remember correctly, it doesn't work on any type of like microtransaction thing. Like you pretty much just have to wait until the cats show up to take pictures of them and add them to your album and stuff. 
Um, yeah, that that was the other thing with mobile. It was like, all right, like I I just what doesn't have. I'm happy, I'm happy to pay. I just don't want the ads. Like the microtransactions would be one thing, and we could put you know limits on that or whatever. But like, I don't want. It's funny, like um, uh, my wife, like in in previous times, enjoyed um, Angry Birds, and it's like. Angry Birds is a really fun, silly, great mobile game, and there's no premium version of it. You have to, the only way to play this game is to watch like full screen ads that just pop up for other bullshit. Oh, wow, that sucks. And it's like, the kids like wanted to play it, and it, we were like, I, we just can't leave you alone with an iPad where these giant ads, you can click on them and take you anywhere on the internet. Like, yeah. It, it's Let us awful. pay for this, Angry Birds. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> so I will say that um, the original version of Neko Atsume is old enough. Um, I believe it came out. Oh, man, it's been some years now, but it's old enough to where um, it didn't have in-app purchases at the time I played it. I wonder if they're there now. Yeah. That would be interesting yeah, to check I don't on. Know. That would. Yeah, interesting. But, anyway, I don't want to get too far afield. Continue with the wholesome. <laughs> but these are these are continue to be wholesome games. Okay, so um, the next game that I was really interested in is called Melatonin, and the best way for me to describe it is it's like the Rhythm Heaven slash Rhythm Tengoku series, which has been like a mm -hmm. long time rhythm game favorite of mine that I've been playing for a really long time, but instead of having the music that those games have, which I can only explain as like really upbeat pop, this is with lo-fi. Um, which I think is so cool uh, that someone yeah, decided yeah, yeah. to make a game using lo-fi as like kind of the backbone. Uh, but like when I watch the trailer, not only is the animation gorgeous, but you immediately get that kind of like, oh my God, yes, this is like rhythm heaven. Like it has a certain itch that it scratches. Really, really, really beautiful like trailer and like style. So I'm really excited about that. The third game that I was like, holy shit, is called Kaiju, and it is a kaiju <laughs> dating sim, which, oh my god, like, oh my god. Like, I mean, after that, really, you shouldn't really need to know anything else about the game. Like, after I said kaiju dating sim, you should just be like, gimme. Yeah, right. <laughs> but now, you are you are playing as kaiju, like, dating uh, other kaiju? That's what the screenshot implies. You play implies. the role of Gigachu, a gigantic romantic looking for love. Meet six <laughs> other eligible kaiju and visit 24 famous landmarks where Gigachu will answer challenging compatibility questions to decide the fate of your relationship. FYI, mm -hmm. this already has a demo on Steam that you can download, like, today. <laughs> and i should be saying that because several of these already have demos which was crazy like there were so many games in a wholesome direct that's like end go get the demo right now and i was like oh my god uh, i just think <laughs> let's just get take a moment and just say uh that thank thank goodness demos are back like they just that right? was not a th it used to be a thing in the nine in the nineties and early two thousands, there were demos for everything, and this was usually like you'd get a CD from a magazine, or you would trade shareware with someone, and there's always you could try a demo, but you'd see if a game ran on your fucking computer or if you liked it, and then they just stopped happening. They just right. went away because I guess people they I guess it, it coincided with like well I could just watch this entire game on YouTube to decide if I want it or not, and so. Um, we we didn't need demos anymore and now they're back because 
you got to play a game to, I know, to know if you so like a nice. game. Well, and I really like, I think Nintendo's been doing this. I'm not sure if any other publishers yeah. have. We're like, they're like, Quite okay, we're going to open like access to these games for, for this game for you for like, you know, a week or something. And then they close it yep. when it's over. But like, I think that's kind of cool because, you know, I don't know if that's different where like you only get access to a portion of the game like a demo would normally be, or if it's like you can play as much of the game as you want. I guess that would make sense because then you Sometimes might be able to finish it, it in a week. I don't know how it works. There was uh well, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but um, monster hunter rise has been a great example where they have done both where, because it's such a like monster hunter rise is like 150 hours worth of game. If, if you want it, if you want to grind and do everything and get all the gear or whatever. So, they did both. They gave a demo, which was limited, of like hunt these three monsters and see if you like the game. And then if you like it, pre, you know, pre-order it or get it when it comes out. Cool. And then they also – this was very recently. They said for the weekend – for this weekend, because they're about to launch DLC, uh, there was a recent weekend where the entire game was free to play for a, for a 48-hour period or whatever it was. Wow. And you – now, you, you, you physically literally cannot – progress like you can't progress through the entire you can't play the whole game even if you sat there and played for 48 hours straight because it's one of those games so they smartly were like yep here's the whole thing and it's gone if you like it consider buying it on sale or the dlc or whatever wow. it's great it's awesome. that's cool I love it. yeah i really like that a lot i think that's i think that's really neat and i do think it's nice to be able to play because like you mentioned earlier like oh i need about 10 hours to know if i like it i actually yeah. don't i usually fully engage in about an hour every great. once in a great while it takes longer but for the most part that's like my average like time so it's very interesting and you, think you know you know if you're gonna bail uh after that period weirdly yes like Good. although That's i've great. definitely had some games that i've played longer and then been like i'm not enjoying this which we've talked about on this show before um mm -hmm. like you know the final fantasy 12 experience um right, but, right. <laughs> but but yeah most of the time i i know fairly soon so or in you know uh, conversely i know fairly soon after playing for an hour if i'm like i don't think i'm gonna keep playing this or like it's good but it's not good enough to keep me which yes. that last one is a big one for me mm -hmm. like it's good yep. but it's not good enough to keep to to sink its teeth in and keep me you know far more disappointing than oh this is not for me this is bad it's like no this is this is a great game that i mm, can't can't go for it can't do uh -huh. it can't yeah go all the happens way. all the time yeah. i hate it it's a bummer yeah <laughs> so um there's two other ones that i was like ooh, one i knew about already it's called wandering village and i thought of it mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. the potential meeting of the circles between a colette ass game and a mad ass game <laughs> it's a town building sim but on the back of a giant ghibli ass dinosaur which you have to like periodically like feed and like hug to make sure that it remains happy <laughs> and i love it it reminds me of and i'm gonna get really nerdy here for a second but it reminds me mm -hmm. of a really really old anime where the the entire cast finds out that they're riding on the back of a giant turtle and it's called oh my god i can see it in my head but i can't think of the name of it need to ask the internet for help uh <laughs> yurisi yatsura and it was from the beautiful dreamer movie which is probably from like 1985 or something really old oh, wow, but, oh, wow. but there will yeah, be some old, listeners yeah. that will be like oh my god i remember that 
really cool concept. So I loved that. And then the last one, I was so excited to mention this because I was like, oh, wait, God. wait, wait. Before you move on, I mm. have to just say we were t- talking briefly like I-, I had not seen this game you just mentioned, but it immediately made me realize that there is another game in early access. And it, I don't think it was part of any wholesome or, or you know, mm. summer game fest. It was just like a guy on Reddit who was like, hey, I'm making this game. What do you guys what do you think? And it's another city builder where you build on the back of a turtle. And so now we are living in a time where there are two <laughs> games coming out where you build towns on the back of giant creatures. Like, what a time to be alive is all I have to say about that. <laughs> it's just such a random ass thing, which I mean, it is and it isn't because like the mytho- like you said, that has been an aesthetic in fantasy and anime, but also it comes out of the mythology that like humans used to think we were the earth was on the back of giant turtles or creatures like that. That's a that's a myth from our history. And so it's actually surprising that there hasn't been uh, a game like this coming out uh, for, for years. So right. anyway. that's wild. But that is wild just to think that two different like, yeah, two different completely different people are working on something with that kind of concept at the same time like these might come out right around the same time we'll see we'll see yeah that would be super cool well the last thing i was going to mention was it kind of harkens back to when we were talking about unpacking and how obsessed i was with that game Uh to the point that i played it twice in a row and i believe that it was you matt that said god it would be so cool if this became a genre where you're like tidying and there's another game coming out that's about tidying. So it's called a little to the left. This is another wholesome direct game that already has a steam demo. And as they describe it, it's a cozy puzzle game that has you sort stack and organize household items into pleasing arrangements while you keep an eye out for a mischievous cat with an inclination for chaos. Check out this playful and intuitive puzzler with 75 plus satisfying messes to tidy. I was like, oh "Oh my God, let me add it. 75 things to tidy. Say say what the title is again. Oh, a little to the left, right? Because I want to look at it. A little to the left. Yes. So you're tidying. Now it's a little different obviously it's not like like if you look at the pictures you'll see but it's not like you have complete rooms where you unpack into them it's more like you kind of have a scene where you're like oh there's a basket and then there's all the cat toys and i need to put all these toys in the basket but the cat might come and try to stop you um, okay. Yeah, I have to organize the rooms. cans with their labels. I have to, you know, turn the fruit to make sure the labels don't show, like stuff like that. Interesting. So it may be it's, a little simpler, very, but hard to say. Yeah. Looks simpler and or um, more focused. It's more about here's a few objects like on a table, not not a room, as you said. Super interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but also that there's an antagonist, that there's a a a villain or a or a or a something obstructing. Because like an unpacking, like you could just sit there and do whatever you want for as long as you want. There's no there's no timer, right? It right. just is. No, no, and this exactly. Seems to have you, a, you take your time and yeah. do your thing, but uh, but yeah, this has an antagonist, which is a cat. <laughs> I, did, I did notice during the entire wholesome direct that there is a lot of cat presence on the whole. Yeah. There's uh, cat do. witch games. There's games where cats intrude. There's games where you play a, you're a cat in an RPG, like lots of <laughs> mm-hmm. cats. 
So those are my big picks. However, I just want to stress that, oh my God, there are so many more games and so many of them look so good, but I was forced to like liquidate, (laughs) you know, otherwise we'd be on the podcast for four hours. So those are the ones that I'm super excited about. But if anybody else checks any out that listens to the podcast, please feel free to share them in the discord. I would love to hear what you're looking forward to. Where would you like to go next? Uh, We have a bunch of other showcases here. We do. Well, uh, I've talked a bit. Why don't you pick the next one? Let's do Summer Game Fest because that was the kind of the first one on the calendar to kick things off. Yeah. And I'll scroll down uh, here. This is just a PC Gamer article that lists all of them. I don't care about Call of Duty, but Callisto Protocol was something you (gasps) mentioned last week. So tell me a little bit more. I I know almost nothing about it, but uh, it looks pretty, pretty gruesome, pretty spooky. Yeah. So um, Callisto Protocol is basically known as kind of like a spiritual successor to Dead Space. Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So the general gist of it, like if you see the the trailer, you'll be like, oh, this is Dead Space. Like there's so much that's right. similar about it. It almost feels like the same thing, right? Is it um, from de- the develop? Like are there people from that studio who made their own thing or this is an independent thing? Uh, there, It is actually directed by Glenn Schofield, who he previously co-created the Dead Space series. Okay, great. So yep. yes, um, definitely, you know, um, you can definitely see the mark and you might wonder, well, why did he choose to make a different name instead of continuing with dead space? Um, but I'm I sure think, he doesn't own the, the IP. I mean, that's probably right. Well, that was, that-, that was exactly my whole thought around it. And I didn't, I didn't, he co-created dead space at visceral games. Okay. Like he felt as if like originally it, it wouldn't fit into like what, like the studio had wanted to do to like move it on. So he wanted to kind of like right. move it around. So that's how it 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 kind of um, it was supposed to actually be interestingly enough a part of the PUBG Battlegrounds universe. Oh, that's right, mm-hmm. right. I heard that. Which, yeah. yeah, and then he finally no was longer. like, "I'm gonna move." Yeah, and he just just recently, like right when all this stuff came out, like late May, he said it would no longer be a part of that universe and would be like its own story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple other folks from the original Dead Space series on it, I recall, but I don't know their names. I think you can, yeah, like so quickly, like look at it and go, oh yeah, like this is, <laughs> this totally. is from the dead space folks. And so it's set in the future, it's at a prison colony, um, and you are a prisoner held there and you're finding yourself in the midst of a terrible alien invasion. So, you know, mm-hmm. same, same gist, but I'm looking very forward to that. Dead space was really funny for me when it first came out, I was so excited about it. And then at the time I was a lot less of like a hardened, like horror warrior versus what I am now. (laughs) And despite my love of stuff like silent Hill, when dead space came out, I couldn't play it. I tried and it Hmm. scared me too much. Really? Yeah. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I was so excited for this for so long. But since there, since that time I've, played so many more horror games and kind of like toughened up, so to speak. So I think I'll be mm-hmm. able to play this and I keep meaning to go back and revisit dead space now. Cause I feel like I could handle it, but you know, Hey, are, why not just play are, a new 
game. Yeah, that's fine. And like, has it been or is it being remade or are those rumors? Isn't there like, aren't the fans like, oh, leaks about a Dead Space remake? Isn't that a thing? Am I misunderstanding that? Uh, You know, I'm actually, you could be right. I I just don't know for sure. Um, Like I've heard, I've I've seen like stories, you know, people like, like saying, oh, it needs a, the trilogy needs a remaster. Maybe it's Um, just fan, uh, you know, right. And then like, well, but I heard, yeah, I heard that there was, ah, I can't remember. I'll have to Google it after the show and see if in fact it is being remade. It probably is. It looks like it is remade. So everything is. Yeah. Uh, according to the verge dead space remake gets a January release date. Apparently they did. So there it is. So that's that's pretty cool. A bit far off. But Callisto protocol comes out in December, which, uh, is Mm -hmm. actually one of a really small smattering of games that actually comes out this year. Unless if it doesn't get pushed. So, I'll play it first. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. Most of all, I would say that came out of Summer Game Fest. Yes, yes. That seemed to be a big highlight. Um, Adding a few more notes here. uh, Cuphead DLC, Delicious Last Course. I just adore everything about this game and its look and its aesthetic and everything. And I just, it's one of those, I'm just sad. I don't think I'll ever touch it because uh, it is just too damn hard. It's so hard. Um, Street Fighter stuff, Alien stuff. Um, Witchfire looks interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like a shooter with magic, and it just, but it kind of, it, it's got an Elden Ring, Dark Soulsy look and feel. But I, yep. I don't know if it is a Souls like in that way. But it's just, it's dark and gruesome. But it's got guns, but also magic. It's kind of like not steampunky. It's kind of just like. Um, uh, you know, Iron Age, Gunpowder Age time. You know that that trans that transitional time between the Middle Ages and the gun the Gunpowder Renaissance time. Right. Set in a fa- mixed up in a fantasy magic world, and aesthetically it looks cool. The the game it looks the game engine like the 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 gameplay of it looks really uh, smooth and beautiful. Like it looks like a beautiful game, but who who can say if it. If it will be uh, good, early access coming soon on that one. Yeah. What else? Oh, I mean, this is sort of known and old news, but like, I I loved Fall Guys when it came out. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. The kids freaking fell over themselves about it. They were so excited. Like, it it was just some, it was this casual, competitive, nonviolent, you know, silliness that was like, Oh my God, this is why people like sports. Like I so we suddenly were like, whoa, this is what it is. You know, the, the excitement and the cheering and the, the near wins and the misses and the jumping and whatever. And, uh, and like many, we just kind of fell off of it, but then it's, it's going free to play. It's coming to switch. Um, so there might be something to it. Uh, interestingly, um, it does not work on the Steam Deck because it's one of those very, very handful few games that um, uh, the the the, the anti cheat is not compatible with Proton, which is the compatibility layer for Windows. So okay. it does not. Some multiplayer games just are not updated to the point where they can run uh, without cheaters on a, a Linux environment. So. Mm-hmm. It's 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 on that list of games of like oh I already own Fall Guys and I was I used to play it I could just play it on my Steam Deck and and you can't and so the fact that it's coming to Switch for free and all that goodness is I don't know it just it it 
reminded me that Fall Guys existed, which is obviously the point of this announcement. Yeah, no, definitely. That's cool. I mean, hopefully you guys will resurrect it since it's going to be easier to play again. Yeah, we shall see. And, and on Switch, maybe the kids will will dive in there. Uh, Stormgate had its reveal, but it was a, a cinematic reveal. It did not show gameplay, but this is former Blizzard folks mm-hmm. uh, who are who 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 were heavily involved in StarCraft mm-hmm. and real-time strategy RTS, and we just really have not had like a big RTS probably since StarCraft Two mm-hmm. or the remastered uh, Age of Empires is mm-hmm. so. Um, and they're sort of saying, hey, we want to bring this genre back. Yep. But they did not show gameplay. So it was a, a perfectly fine cinematic. But um, I'm eager to, I would like to see if they can crack the nut of a modern RTS where I don't want to sit at my computer and play mouse and keyboard. Oh, and it's free to play. So it's like a free to play online competitive whatever. So it, So it's kind of like... Imagine if Fortnite was a was a more like a real time strategy game. Like, how would that look in 2022 or 2023? So I'm very eager to understand what this game could become. But like none of it was actually shown except for like characters and a little story drama or whatever. So I'm intrigued uh, and I would like to know more. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, they certainly have the pedigree for it. I feel like, you know, it could be really exciting. So we'll have to keep an eye out and see what's coming next. Goat Simulator 3 looked fucking wild (laughs) and crazy. Uh, Oh, oh, oh. Are you did you see Neon White? Have you seen this game? Uh, I haven't actually. And when I was looking at this list, I briefly saw the image and I was like, huh, that looks like that could be something interesting. But I haven't watched the trailer yet. It, it was shown previously and it, it's coming out soon to a uh, couple days. By the time you listen to this, it will be out. I've like fully released at uh, June 16th. So it's something about demons and heaven and hell, but it's it's this super crisp minimalist world. It's and it's a parkour game, but then there's like card elements. So it's almost it it seems to be gathering steam as like, hey, you know how sleek and cool Mirror's Edge is and was, where it was like this beautiful white city and color coded parkour. Like, oh, if you see a red pipe, you know you can leap and then run and dash across the pipe and leap to the thing. It kind of looks like that, but with like super amped up motion and and sort of bouncing off different towers and pillars but then also some like hyper like demon it's like demons that are in that are fighting in heaven and hell or whatever anyway stylistically looks really cool like as an action game looks really compelling but then it's got this like car, like deck building thing i don't know it's 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 got a lot of stuff from a lot of places and people are excited about it. And I'm like, I like it, but I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's for me. I can't tell yet. So I'm eager to see some <laughs> real gameplay. I want to see other people play it and see what's up. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, uh, I, I will have to watch it and report back and see what I think. And I also think like, to be honest right now, I'm kind of overwhelmed by just the amount, the sheer amount of things that I, know, I could nice. play from all of the different announcements. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to watch any more trailers today, <laughs> but maybe yeah, in the next don't do day it. or something. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> did you did you ever play Mirror's Edge? By the way, do you know that I game? I didn't. I watched friends play it, but it wasn't really my personal cup of tea. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I loved I loved one. I never did the second one because I j- it, the reviews were kind of like it's fine, but it's not as good as the first one. And, and so I was like, okay, like I I got my fill. But I I really loved Mirror's Edge one. I really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, the big highlight for me was that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, after showing footage and characters and mechanics and co-op and, and like trailers after trailers after trailers, but never, never showing a release date. Finally, this Thursday, by the time yeah, you hear this, this wee! game will be out. Six-player online co-op and I hope and, and presume local co-op as well. Uh, I don't... It's unknown if it will be cross-play or cross-save or whatever, but like assuming this really runs great on switch then this will be a day one switch purchase totally for us. And same I, I just think it's the couch co-op ninja turtles everything you want it to be i i, I yes. hope that this game delivers i really do it really looks like it's going to i mean it totally gives me that true arcade you know side scrolling uh oh my god scott pilgrim versus the world like right. you know yeah, just yeah, the, yeah. The, just the jam the Beat fun of so quickly picking that up so the fact that you can do it with six and that they added casey jones is just real fun to me yeah, 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 um yeah, yeah. so yeah same for us we will absolutely pick it up um day one i thought that if casey jones was going to be in it it would be dlc so i love that he's actually in the game oh, and not something you yeah, have yeah. to buy excellent all right so by the time we come back here we will probably both have been uh, enjoying that and we can <laughs> share our thoughts on that that's 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 fun uh, lots of other stuff here of course but i think the other final big closer was that um uh last of us part one is getting a remaster for PS5 and mo- perhaps more importantly PC because these are this is another one of the Sony exclusives or the PlayStation exclusives uh, right that never made its way to other platforms or PC and now that they're opening that that can up uh, and giving it a nice visual overhaul that looks pretty pretty nice on uh, on PC and and next gen. So yeah, did you did you get any of this? Did you catch any of that stuff? I caught all that, and I think the thing that bothered me about this announcement, you know, it's it's an incredible game, um, and I recently played it for the first time, maybe a couple of years ago, like before we started the mm. podcast, but. Mm-hmm. It was right before Last of Us 2 came out and I wanted to play one so I could have the experience, you know, in mind because Patrick was planning to play two and I wanted to watch and I Mm -hmm. loved it. But I think one of the things that really bothered me is that this game is 70 fucking dollars. And if you buy like the deluxe edition, it's like 80 or 90, I think. And I remember being like, okay, are we hitting a point where games are going to start to be 70, 80, 90 dollars on the regular um, wait, wait. It's meaning this was the PS4 version of Last of Us One, which is many years old, and it was they were still charging seventy dollars. No, on... no, 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 no. I'm talking about the remake. Oh, that's are they saying the price point for that? Yeah, yeah. Because there was a conversation about it like floating around on Twitter and stuff a few days ago. So, oh, um, interesting. I didn't see that. Like, okay. yeah, there were all these jokes going around today that were about God. My brain is blanking out um, Joel's beard. And it was like, look at the <laughs> difference between Joel's beard then and Joel's beard now. And I'm like, That's okay. That's worth $70 you know, alone. Right. I'm like, it's a, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful remake. Like, I totally get it. <laughs> but like, yeah, like the, the, the pre-orders that I've seen floating around out there, like there are pre-orders that are between $70 and $90. But like, to me, I'm like, honestly, I feel like the original game still looks pretty fucking good. So I guess I'm a little... Sure. Yeah. Like, and, and also like it's... 
I mean, now I'm sure that I'm wrong. I'm sure this exists. But now when we talk about the PC ecosystem, I don't think I've ever come across a Steam game that was a base edition, not deluxe, not DLC, whatever, whatever. I've never seen a Steam game more than $60. I'm sure that I'm incorrect, but I've just never encountered one. So like, is this going to be $70 for a however five-year-old, six, ten-year-old game remake on Steam? Let's see right now. Because that would be a moment, I think. And we don't know if it's so. There's it's not a hundred dollar edition called the Firefly Edition. It's already sold out. That has uh da 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 da. da. Okay, so standard edition is sixty nine ninety nine. Deluxe. But where digital this is edition. this is PlayStation. Yeah. This is PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are the three PS5 versions. I don't know. I don't know if the PC price is listed here. I'm not sure that it is. No, I mean, I don't know that it is, and it's it's not listed. There's no Steam page for this game yet. Okay, so, so maybe it'll be different there. But, like, the priciest version of the game, the Firefly Edition, which is already sold out, has a steelbook case. It's got comics that are packed with it. It's like a special edition package. No, I get all, all that. And that's all that's fine. fine. That's all fine. But like I'm saying that like the standard edition is $69.99. That's what I mean. Right. And How, it includes that's wild. the game, the prequel story left behind. And that was originally DLC. So I guess they would say, oh, well, sure. It would normally be 60, but we bumped the price up to 69.99 because we put the DLC in it. But I think May, I just yeah, would, like fine. looked at those prices and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I have to. I, I just have to uh, look. This is from 2013. Now, I know there's obviously tons, tons, tons of work that goes into a remaster and it looks fantastic. But like, I guess what I'm saying is like many you know, Horizon Zero Dawn came to PC and it was the the ultimate edition or what, and it I don't know if it included, the, it must have included the DLC and uh, it had 60 frames per second and it had upgraded visuals and it was 4K and it was everything, everything, everything and it was like $40 or $50, you know what I mean? Like they, that's, I don't know, the precedent is this is an older game, we've done the work to bring it to you and we really want you to play it. I, I, it will just be a moment, I think, if this is $70 on PC when it comes out. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, okay, so let's just, and obviously this is a bigger jump, but like, let's go to, you know, Final Fantasy VII. We haven't had a new version of it since the PS1. You know, now we're mm-hmm. on the PS4 when it's coming out and we're like, okay, the game's going to be $59.99. Okay, fine. Even if it was $69.99, I think I would be like, okay, you graphically overhauled the entire game from like looking like blocky dog shit to looking like how game. it looks it's now. Not a re- it's a, not a remaster. It's a completely new game, obviously. We know. Right. We and know like, like if you look, that. you know, it's, it's worth looking at the screen like compares, but like, yeah, like once mm-hmm. you get to the point where they're like, look how Joel's beard looks now, I'm kind of like fucking Really? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I just feel a little weird about this particular thing. I got you. I, I, yeah. It's just me. I I'm sure agree. someone in the Discord will be like, let me explain this to you. And I'll be like, okay, maybe I'm just overreacting. But I think I'm just, mm. you know, I'm if an old that lady that's trying to be like, okay, I don't, uh, fine. Yeah. yeah. 
if that if that fidelity is important to you and it it is important to me as a consumer like i really do understand that i, I so it, I, I get it i i really do but like it's it's more about like that it's just when's the last time a game from 2013 was remastered and then was like yep 70 dollars, everyone get ready like I, I can't think of a time god of war for pc is 49.99 on steam right now yeah that's i think that's a great fair price for a triple a highly reviewed 4k 60 you know frames per second whatever pc game yeah i mean uh I don't know that, you know what, this whole thing about like, oh, how much should the game cost, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like it's kind of opening like a new can of worms that could be like an entire show topic because I mean, you know, uh, let's say that, you know, consoles go away in five to 10 years and we end up getting everything from a cloud. And then let's say that, you know, people are developing games differently or people are like, hey, guess what? Our game comes in digital, regular, but also is made for VR and AR. And you're like, wait, like I. I understand the prices could change, you know, media prices could change, but like, I guess something about it just makes me feel kind of weird. Well, those are the two fronts because you have $70 games coming out on PlayStation 5 and then you have $14.99 play any game you want for here's 500 games from Xbox. Like those are the two digital fronts of the future of, of video game pricing and uh, the value prop for the consumer is very clear, uh, you know, especially because the Game Pass model is like, oh, yeah, day one, play Halo Infinite for, for quote, I'm putting air quotes for quote unquote free. Like, right. I, it's not the back catalog. It's day one exclusive. Like fucking Starfield is going to be on Game Pass minute one. Like, or you could pay $70 for for something uh comparable on on another platform. Right. It, I don't know. It's uh it's it's interesting times for the price discussion of course, but we'll we'll save it. We'll save yes, it. Yes. Yes, I'm going to try not to go too far off on my, you know, old man yelling at cloud uh platform here. <laughs> uh <laughs> we we have to take a break uh but we'll get into something else. What do we want to do? You want to do Xbox Bethesda or we want to do uh yeah, we do Xbox Sony next. State of Play? Yeah, we okay. could do we could All do right. Xbox. That's cool. Come on back after the break for Xbox Plus Bethesda. Some pretty big announcements uh, when we come back. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom, so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High-quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. We are back, and uh, we're going to hop into Xbox and Bethesda. But first, perhaps maybe we should talk about what our community is playing or what they're looking forward to. Maybe we will we'll do a quick rundown there if, if uh, sorry to change yes, course on you. What do you think? We probably should do that because otherwise we'll keep talking about games for so much longer and not talk about it. That is um, correct. That is correct. So, uh, yeah, a quick visit into that. Uh, Pyrostar said she's really the only announcement that got her excited was uh, Persona 3 Portable coming to Game Pass, which I totally get. And I was going to mention my <laughs> excitement for that myself. Um, yep. Really can't wait to be tortured by that game again. 
<laughs> Alex Bebop says he's currently playing Dangaropa. Actually, I'm sure I said that wrong. Da, da, Danganronpa? I'm I not sure. I'm glad you said it because I this sounds vaguely familiar, but I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> I've I've always seen pictures of this game and it's apparently on Game Pass, according to Alex. So I will try it, too, because I've always wanted to. And then he said, as what I'm looking forward to, I'm super excited to play Backpack Cat. I mean, Stray on PS5 in July, which naturally I'm extremely excited about that, too. So that clicks (laughs) one thing off my list of other games we would have talked about. I've been waiting for that one and I hope it's as fun as it looks. Yep, we'll we'll get there. Um, and it's coming to PC and mm-hmm. PlayStation Five. So mm-hmm. uh, let's let's go. Uh, Honey Bruce says I'm playing Microsoft Flight Simulator specifically because the Halo Pelican is now <laughs> in the game. This is news to me. Of co- and I'm simultaneously like, what the fuck? And of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? I don't even it's know so what that funny is. It's so funny and smart. It's just a it's just like a, a drop ship from Halo, but oh, they put like it Oh, like actual into, Halo. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Halo plane, but uh from the game Halo, but now they put it in so you can fly a Boeing 737 uh Airbus or you can pl- fly a fucking Pelican from, you know, uh an alien uh ring world. Uh why not? <laughs> Great. Living Pelly Bruce says living the dream of being faux hammer. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um we're gonna cover this in a bit, but Megalith says Final Fantasy 16 is on the hype list. Um we could save that discussion for the state of play, but like are, what where are you on that uh on that Richter um, scale I, of hype? I, I, and I think we've talked about this on the show in many other episodes. I am always more in favor of Final Fantasy games that are in a um, future world or a non-medieval setting. Um, mm-hmm. And Final Fantasy 16 looks like it's going to be high on like high fantasy politics again. And that is not my oh, favorite okay. type of Final Fantasy. Um, okay. Hence the reason why I wasn't that into 12. So I will try it because I'm not ever going to not try it. But um I don't feel as excited about it as I did about 15. Yep. I got to look at, I haven't watched the footage of it yet. So it looks gorgeous. I mean, like that's never a question. Right. But like, yeah, I I know that I, um, I know that I, I'm not going to be as into it. Maybe I could be surprised. You never know. Mm -hmm. And do we know, I'll look this up, but, uh, is it exclusive to PlayStation or is it going to be cross-platform? I am not sure. I am not sure anymore. What, how that deal is going. Yeah, I'll take a look. That's always uh, a question mark. And then we'll talk about this. Uh, Megalith says, Starfield sadly dropped from my hype list. The extended trailer confirmed my hear that it's just a Bethesda No Man's Sky, which usually means it'll be a buggy mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk. I'll share some thoughts on that <laughs> shortly. Matt's like, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. We'll get back to that. Uh, we have a couple more comments here, uh, and then we'll move on to state of play. Why don't you read the last one? Sure. Um, let's see. Um, Cupa says, I wish could get excited for it, but I just can't abide final fantasy as an action RPG. I'm with Colette read the series. And then Megalith says, wasn't a huge fan of final fantasy 15 was necessarily because of the action RPG side. It was more that it felt unfinished, which despite enjoying the game very much, I agree with Megalith there to me, I felt mm-hmm. like there were kind of missing gaps that I wish were there as far as character development. 
And then he says, Final Fantasy uh, 16 is different because it hasn't suffered from development hell and is headed by Yoshi P and his creative team, a team who I have an absurd amount of trust in. And actually nice. reading that made me go, you know, maybe I need to be a little bit more open minded because nice. I, I also do really like that creative team. So that's cool. That's yeah. it's it's nice to have that perspective. It's nice to hear that hype and confidence. Um, and truly, again, I'm so ignorant of the series because I, you know, I, I've it's been so PlayStation y for so long, but like I didn't realize that these were action RPGs, that they weren't like turn based or tactical, that they're more like, hey, let me get a cool weapon and uh and get in there and smash smash around. Yeah, so, I personally I like listening. it. I feel like it brings the to me, it kind of brings the feeling of what I enjoy about an MMORPG to an RPG. Like, yeah. I like the free-flowing combat. I like the ability to avoid enemies because I yeah, fucking yeah. hate being forced to fight. Especially if yeah, it's yeah. like every five steps, which you know, like all old games suffer from that. But um, right. yeah, so I actually like that portion of it. But, eh, you know, neither here or there. I totally understand the itch for the the turn-based version as well. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I got to check out the trailer for that and and see if it's going to make its way to PC in any with any reasonable speed. But uh, let us move on to the Xbox Bethesda showcase, and it's so strange. It was so strange because it's like in in our brains, we, we, we I still don't connect those two companies as one company just yet. Mm-hmm. And then they were also showing Blizzard stuff, which is like that. Is that merger not even done yet? Like I was it's very not done yet. And I actually didn't think about that until you said it just now. Okay. So I don't know what those rules we'll are talk about. about it. Diablo four was shown, but uh, we'll get to that uh, as part of the Xbox uh, showcase. And that was weird. But anyway, yeah, that was. But I mean, I guess. Well, wait, would it be published? Because I thought didn't Diablo three come to all the consoles? Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I, I guess if there, even if there was some sort of console window of exclusivity or something, then it might be announced as part of that. But uh, anyway, yeah, just just curious, just interesting to see it. Hmm. Yeah, no, definitely, you're right. Well, you know, I really want to hear what you think about Starfield because I will say that I was like, I'm kind of excited for this, and then I saw the trailer and I or the new footage, I should say, and I kind yep. of felt like, you know. If I had wanted to play this, I could have just played No Man's Sky, which I'm, it's not sure. the same, but I, a lot of it I felt like was so similar, you know? Yeah, it um, it really depends on what the key differences will be between them. And uh, it's funny, No Man's Sky is one of my favorite games of all time, as we have covered here. And I recently have dipped back into it because it it runs okay on the Steam Deck. And it's been nice to just like be on the couch, chill on the porch and be like, oh, yeah, there's some stuff I never there's new stuff in this game that I never checked out. I wonder what it. Oh, my God, I got to build a whole base now. It's so cool. I got to build shit, find all this shit and do all this. And so it scratches that. I'm back in it uh, pretty hard and it's and then and so I'm literally playing No Man's Sky again a lot and then the Starfield footage drops and so I'm looking at both and all that to say I know aesthetically and conceptually they seem similar but No Man's Sky is and has become a sandbox it is a 
it is a completely procedural world where nothing is planned, but there's always, always, always 500,000 systems and layers and upgrades and buildings and recipes and pet taming and whatever cosmetic upgrades to be doing at any time. So no matter where you are or what you're doing, something is a will present itself and it's not on a roadmap. It's not scripted. There are no really no characters. There's no story. There is a story, but it's not really why I'm here for mm -hmm. No Man's Sky. Mm -hmm. And so I so I, I it's all that to say that like it's just an endless mixing a recipe, a cauldron of procedurally generated mm -hmm. stuff that presents itself as you encounter it. Mm -hmm. And that is, and I understand why a lot of people are like, ah, no, I don't know. That's not for me. But that is the reason why I and many players really love it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what Starfield is yet, but if it is really a Skyrim Fallout Bethesda thing, but in a universe of, I think they have said a thousand planets, which is not as large as No Man's Sky, but it is it is plenty of space to put stories and characters in, then despite what it looks like, it might fundamentally be a different game. It, it, it I mean, people have said this, like, is it just Skyrim in space? And People fucking love Skyrim. I love Skyrim. It's it, these, I love the Elder Scrolls games. I, I haven't played Fallout, but like, so it's still, it's still on my list. It appeals to me, but like, I guess what I'm saying is if they lean too far into the No Man's Sky loops mm -hmm. and concept, then in a way we don't need Starfield in, 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 in I, I don't mean I don't want to be dismissive but Starfield should be start it should be its own thing it should be its own thing and push its own envelopes it should not try to be no man's sky right because it will no man's sky is a mess it is it's it's not for everyone <laughs> it's buggy it's unoptimized so I'm not saying that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread but like it I don't know. If Starfield tries to be that, it will fail. So Starfield should be a really, really big and compelling Skyrim in space that looks really cool. Uh, but I get well, so I, I think I'm with Megalith here where I've been tuning out. I've been off the hype train for Starfield. I've been ignoring Starfield. And then when this footage dropped, I was like, okay, well, let's see what's up. And I watched it and I was, and I, I just did not feel excited for it. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's not it. excited. But I mean, I'm also not the kind of gamer you are. So I thought my first thought was Matt's going to be excited. And then my second thought right. was this really, really, really looks to be so tonally similar on so many beats this game is for me and i'm not excited about it and i i hope that i'm proven wrong and i guess what i'm the thing the other things that bothered me which are very small skyrim and i presume fallout 2 like the bethesda games are known for be, for being benchmarks in like character and facial animation and what i mean right. by that is like here's an open world game where you can encounter any character and they will talk to you and interact with you and create a storyline with you and and send you on a quest and it's like that was fucking mind-blowing in the morrowind 
oblivion days. And if you track the progression of those games, it's like, oh my God, Morrowind looks amazing. No, wait, Oblivion, oh my God, these are real people. These are real. And then you look at Oblivion now, you're like, that looks like shit. Look at Skyrim now. These, this is a real town where real humans live. Holy cow. So when when you crack open Starfield in 2023 or whenever it's going to be, you're like, all right, let's go. Let's see what, let's see some real ass looking people talking to me <laughs> and those those that footage the characters do not look great they just do not look i am not impressed by them at yeah. all no i totally had the same impression with the faces and actually i remember saying to patrick as we were watching sitting on the couch i said those faces don't look as good as they should and when i as say that should. right i realized that after watching i have a friend who's playing um Horizon Forbidden West. And I was watching that yeah. and I was like, this has got to be like the benchmark now because Perfect those example. eyes Perfect look, example. Those, those people's eyes look like human eyes. They have depth. Yep. They have yep. expression. That's been the thing I felt like when faces were getting there when human expressions were coming to faces, but the eyes were still dead on so many games. And I was like, that's going to be the thing, right? Like that's going to be the thing when they master it. And when I saw that, I was like, yep, that's it. And so seeing like, for instance, and I think I mentioned this when I was playing, um, Ghostwire Tokyo, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I, I felt like, man, such a cool setting, love the way that Tokyo looked. But every time I'd see a face, I would be like, those expressions genuinely look like they're from like eight years ago. And that bothered right. me, you know, because <laughs> I was, glad. I was I'm like, so it shouldn't be this. that it shouldn't, it shouldn't, yeah. you know, does that sound terrible? Should that be the thing that we're judging games on? I mean, maybe not, but I just think it's really mm. hard not to, um, notice that when you have benchmarks like horizon Forbidden that's West. What, that's exactly right. But Be- Bethesda and the team that makes these games, has a pedigree for pushing that aspect of character development forward every Mm -hmm. single time, every single journey. They're freaking amazing at it. I'm so glad you mentioned Horizon because I I, I haven't seen much of Forbidden West and obviously can't play it yet. But even Horizon Forbidden West, uh, excuse me, Horizon Zero Dawn, the original game, the base game, and then the DLC, they completely retooled or re-engineered their motion capture for the dlc so Ah. if you wander if you wander slightly north in the original game and you have the dlc installed you you encounter story events and all of a sudden the characters are not standing and looking at you they're pacing back and forth they're Mm kind of like shivering from the cold they're looking around and the like you said the eyes are there and so even just going from base game to dlc Though the gorilla made a massive leap forward and clearly, as you said, continue pushing that envelope for the sequel. And then here's Starfield with these very rigid characters. And maybe they're not done yet. Uh, who knows? But, uh, but wow, it's not, it just didn't grab. And, yeah. and okay. You know, what is the story of Starfield? Because the story of No Man's Sky is 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 very existential and weird and computery. And if you like that sort of thing, great. But th- again, that's not why I'm here. What's the, st- the story of Skyrim is a dragonborn who's has discovers their powers and is here to save them. What is the story of Starfield? We all watched it. I, I literally don't know. 
what, you're Bethesda. You're here to tell me an amazing story, an amazing world, and I don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. So we're just you did it did not show well. You didn't tick the box of mm-hmm. like what people will want or expect from this game. Yep. And then and this is a very stupid nitpick, but I, I just I have no other place to put it, so I'm going to put it here. Because 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 I produce video and also because I'm obsessed with technicalities and frame rates and stuff. But like, you have one you have a video on YouTube where Todd Howard is being filmed and he's a real human being filmed via camera, and that's mm-hmm. shot at 30 frames per second. You know, you could shoot it like film at 24. You can shoot it at like TV at 30 frames per second, and then you cut to a video game where the footage is clearly rendered at 60. But because it's a 30 frames per second video, you're skipping frames in order to crunch it down into the 30 frame box. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is not, this is technical, but it's, it's, it's pretty simple. And what you get is, hey world, we're, sh- we're debuting gameplay footage of one of the most anticipated games of the year, of the last five years. And the frame rate looks like garbage on this video because you're putting 60 frame footage into a 30 frame box because you shot a video of Todd Howard talking about the game. And it's like, you're showing a video game. Why would you? <laughs> and, and it's not, this is, I have, I have observed many developers and publishers make this mistake, question mark. Like it's a choice, but like sh- we are here to see if this game looks good. Right. And it looks like shit right. on this video. And, and I'm seeing comments of like, oh, man, that frame rate's looking really rough. I don't know. And I'm like on the sidelines being like, I don't know if the frame rate is good or bad because we don't have the game yet. But let me t- let me tell you why this video looks like shit. And this is the technical <laughs> reason why I don't get it. And it, I hope it's not it, it's not a reflection of the game. It's literally not. I, I hear you. And um, yeah, I. <laughs> I I don't know what else to say. I feel like we've said everything there is to say about it. It's like, ugh. <laughs> and just, maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll knock our socks off. Like I don't know, man. Uh, All just I know, don't know is that if you're not excited about a game from those early trailers, <laughs> I feel like that really... And like, let's be honest, like we all have too much to fucking play. I mean, how many games have we talked about on this podcast and we haven't even gotten into the I Capcom know. showcase yet? We haven't even I talked know. about Sony yet. Like, it's like... Yep. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go quickly through the big highlights. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song will be coming to Xbox Game Pass, but no release date. Our beloved friend Sky Berkson has just been like lying on the floor waiting for this game to happen (laughs) and waiting for information and a release date. And just they just never they never want to say it. So keep waiting, fans of Hollow Knight. uh, God bless you. Uh, what else? Uh, Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, there. I guess there was a trailer. I haven't seen it, but I really love the first game, and I hope the next game is good. That's all yes. I have to say. Same. Overwatch Two will be free to play. That sounds fine for people who care about that. <laughs> uh, Minecraft Legends. Uh, seems to be like a some sort of real time. Stra- speaking of real time strategy, uh, a, a real time strategy game set in the Minecraft world. It's super interesting to me that it's taken so long for the for Mojang and my and and Xbox to say, you know what, like Minecraft is like of the among the top five most biggest important popular games of all time. Maybe right. we should spin this out into other. This IP could could be other things and. Um, 
Minecraft Dungeons, I, I didn't play it, but like, seem I, I was thinking about this recently. Like, I would never give my kids Diablo, but like, I feel like my son would like a hack and slash Minecraft game that was super simple, Maybe. where he just gets to kill stuff in like a kid friendly way. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Okay, I I could see this. I could see why people would want this. Yeah, most definitely. What else? What else? Okay, so Diablo Four, what gameplay was shown uh, yeah. at the Xbox event? I mean, it Tell looks me great. I, I don't I don't think that there's. <sighs> I'm still feeling a little singed <laughs> by, <laughs> by the Diablo Immortal experience, and I'm kind of like, you know, like, am I going to play this? You know, yeah, I probably am going to play it, but like, I feel, I don't know. I feel a little weirder. I feel a little less comfortable with Blizzard as a company, which I, I already felt uncomfortable. Now I feel more uncomfortable and I'm like, you know, what kind of weird shit are you going to pull with this game? I don't know what to expect (laughs) from these people anymore. So it's like, yes, I want to play it, but like, you know how it is, like, you know, when, you know, you meet someone you're really excited about and then they do something really weird and you're like, oh, okay, maybe it was just uh, one time and then they do something else, then they do something else and it slowly kind of chips away. And it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, they have been, you know, on the downward slant for a while and I've been excited about Diablo 4 for a while. But I mean, let's be honest, you know, like, are you, am I really panting waiting to see Diablo 4 gameplay? No. I mean, if there's not, if there's something that's not going to be a surprise, it's going to be what, it's going to be like to play any Diablo game, you know, it's that's it's, the thing. Yeah. I mean, what, what improvement or what mechanical or graphical thing can you do to this game to make it excite? Or, or is there a story? That's the other thing. Like the Diablo three story was like, it's fine. You know? Right. So like what's going on? Do you know if this is set? as a sequel is it a prequel is it an interstitial do we know anything about that i haven't even dug yeah that's how that's how little i haven't even dug and i will say that i thought that diablo immortal had more cool ties back to to diablo 2 than any probably diablo game story-wise that i had played i've been like oh that's cool oh that's cool i get to meet this character oh that's neat but yeah i just don't uh, I, I I don't know. I guess I'm just still feeling weird about it. So it, I don't know. It, I'm not going to think about it right now. I don't have to think <laughs> about it until next year. Blizzard being so mired in all of its uh, malfeasance and, and horrible shit. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't there be people there who are like, okay, priority number one, we just need to make great games and serve the fans and not step in any more shit like that should be the top top priority for everything and then and then somehow the the um you know the the loot box microtransaction you know the bad look of immortal passed through the uh the qa somehow the the pr qa and and now it's it's spoiling your the the excitement for a game that by all accounts seems like it looks looking great i mean yeah but you know i'm probably not i I mean i hate to say it but i'm probably in the minority yeah perhaps you're you're probably right i maintain that give it a few months and that you know or or to the end of the year and we will hear blizzard saying they made more money from mobile games than ever before oh yeah and so it's like i know that i'm 
you know, for me, yeah, sure. It's taking a little off it, but I, I think that Blizzard is just going to go full steam ahead. Or they will have patched up the model around monetization. You know, Diablo 3 launched with uh, with the auction house or whatever. House. A lot of tra- tra- trappings that were like became controversial. And then as it moved to other platforms and got updated and seasons and whatever, all the controversial shit just kind of got patched out or mm-hmm. marginalized or whatever and now it's like hey great i don't Double think that's gonna Switch happen this great. time though i think they know they can get away with more much more yeah. and i think that's the reason why this game why immortal ended up what it was and it's like okay it's got the lowest metacritic score it's like who cares <laughs> you know who cares 10 million people downloaded it like it doesn't yeah. matter so yeah. you yeah. know the evil has won again. And, you know, that's kind of <laughs> ironic considering that Diablo is all about evil. They're like, we really are. We re- we really are. We're not hiding it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So Okay. Any other thoughts on any other thoughts on like the, the, the gameplay or the, the actual stuff you've seen? Because I have not seen any of it. You're saying it, it looks good or it looks fine. I mean, like, it, what, it what's looks, your take? It looks like a modern gen Diablo game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's very pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I was pretty interested in the. I can't think of her name, the the female character that's in the posters and stuff. Um, I was pretty excited um, when. Is there a new class? Like, or, or no, you know, in are there fact, new, they've, they've when actually you say reduced character. the classes, which kind huh. of bums me out. Um, they huh. kept barbarian, necromancer, sorcerer. Uh, and then Druid, I can't remember, I should remember if Druid was in four, but, but Druid is mm-hmm. like a shapeshifter and then Rogue, which is kind of like mashing like monk and assassin from Diablo two into one characters. I will probably play okay. a Rogue if I play, um, cause that's mm-hmm. always been like my personal fave, but like, yeah, they've, they've mushed down the amount of characters and then Necromancer was just added. So I think that's the final class. So it's only f- okay. a total of four. Five. Yeah. But no, the woman in the poster is uh some demon. I can't remember anymore who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but she looks like a fucking badass. And I was like, oh okay. god, yeah, like when it all came out, <laughs> you know, which was what? I mean, a year or two ago. I don't know how long ago. I guess so, yeah. Um but this was. is a, this is presumably a, a story character, like a, an impo- some sort of important uh lore Lilith person, is not, her not a name. playable. Oh, I mean, isn't that a isn't that known from other games? That sounds familiar. I mean, she that is you would a think mythological I would remember. Lilith's mm. return has spawned a new wave of cultists and worshippers. So yeah, I guess she was in one of the other games. I don't I remember think she her. Was, yeah, yeah, uh, the daughter mm-hmm. of Mephisto. Okay. Yep. 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 So I mean, let's be let's be honest. And I, I was laughing about this to Patrick a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know. Diablo has really nice voice work, really nice storytelling, mm-hmm. and I don't think people mm-hmm. pay that much attention to it. They do and they don't. Like, I, as I was get, ramping up on Diablo 3, I was like, wait, what? Who is this? What's happening? And then I did go <laughs> down a few rabbit holes of like, here's a two-hour video explaining all the lore and all the connections, whatever. And it is it is really compelling. It's a very compelling, uh, it's very compelling world building. I really liked it. I just didn't. I don't know. There was just something so it, the, the three is was too big. Like it's it straddles the, yeah. a conflict that is too, too big, big for one story. That makes sense. Because I was like, what is it that I don't like about this? Like I couldn't place it, and that that's a good way of putting it. When there is mystery, 
you're talking about heaven and hell and 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 the the forces that create a world and that create the universe and not not really in diablo but anyway like there is something about especially diablo 1 and diablo 2 where it's like we don't know the the motivations or the politics of a of a of a spiritual plane that humans don't have access to and that made it mysterious and dangerous and in diablo 3 you're like just i'm just gonna fucking kick the door of heaven down and do and fuck it fuck some shit up and it's like i don't know about that (laughs) that's funny way um uh, Hideo Kojima, have you heard of him? I, you know, I hear he makes video games. He he ma- he has made some video games in his time, mostly for the Playstations of the world, and he has been contracted to do an Xbox something or other, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's all about all we know. Something called <laughs> Overdose is rumored, but that's just uh, hearsay and 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 that he will not be chatter. doing. He will also continue to do things for Sony. So I suppose he is a man for hire for a very large amount of money. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royale coming to Xbox One and Game Pass and PC. So tell me more, meaning were these these games were never on PC? Like they were never on Steam and all this? Persona 4 was, came to PC. It might have been last year or early this year, actually. But yeah, they were not, I think they were under Sony's thumb for a really long time. Um, and then I remember then Nintendo got a 3DS game, Persona Q, I think it was called, but it was kind of like chibi versions of the characters, like doing dungeons. (laughs) I bought it. I liked it. Um, Uh, and then it was like, you know, if you're going to play Persona, you're going to play it on, on PlayStation. And then I remember Sony did Persona 3 Portable, which was the console, the console game adapted as a portable game with some, with some nice tweaks to make it a little bit more playable and smoother. Um, (laughs) Persona, yeah, so Persona 4 was the first one to come to PC. And then Persona 5, I guess, I thought it had, but it clearly hadn't until now. But Persona 3, I think, is the one that I'm most interested in playing, um, Again, because it would be, especially for portable, you would have to have a PS Vita to play that uh-huh. game. Right. Okay. So, right. Okay. So, this was a portable only game, but mm-hmm. now it is going to finally be accessible to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, is it is it not on Switch? Like, what are we doing? Here? No. Jeez. No. So, yeah. that's definitely big for um, folk like me. I mean, I've played it, but, you know, I haven't played it in a very long time. And I think it would be nice to revisit it, even though I'm sure I'll get horribly frustrated because I feel like every persona has gotten better in terms of layout and story and uh, the way that the dungeons work, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but whatever. I still want to revisit it anyway. I think it had the darkest storyline, and I'm a big fan of that. So it will be nice to revisit that, to have a reason to revisit it. Briefly, before we we should take another break, but um, as a recent 13 Sentinels fan and and now an Atlas fan, based on one game alone, which you know is 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 more of a it's a really epic sci-fi story it's got all the story things that i typically gravitate to but you know i'm not a like hey let's go to high school and 
fight demons kind of person but like i'm just very impressed with this f- game design so like try is, persona is 5 persona, try persona 5 my royal you try it okay. i mean you know worst case you're like eh but i mean i think of the games that one is the best in terms of overall presentation and style um, okay. I think three, four, and five are all very good. I would absolutely warn you away from trying three first because I think it suffers in comparison to four and five in terms of, you know, quality. I mean, P- Persona 5 Royal is like a-, a game that got like 100 scores from like multiple outlets. Like, it, yeah, yeah. you know, like, so if you're going to go okay. somewhere, you know, try there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting out of my comfort zone because I've been, like I said, I've been super just stressed in general in life, but then also like, I want to really get into a game and really f- disappear into it. And I'm having even the games I like, I'm having trouble getting into them. And then I'll boot up, um, uh, 13 Sentinels. And it's just so it's not really linear, but whenever you're in a, a story mission, like, I don't know. There's, you know, there's no crafting, there's no exploration, there's no building, there's no, all the things I usually come to a game for are not there and it's very mm-hmm. focused and I'm finding myself, like if you measured my heart rate when I was playing 13 Sentinels, you, you, you'd probably find data that like, oh, this is, this is more calming. It's more relaxing. <laughs> it's more engaging. And so I, I think I, I need to write myself a prescription for <laughs> some more story games like this and so yeah. i don't know if the i don't know if persona's right but uh but uh i can't I'm, hurt I'm to try it i mean you know i think i think that it's an impressive presentation regardless of whether it's your type of game or not and if it's not your type mm-hmm. of game well then you follow a different thread of what you know 13 sentinels open to you there's definitely other games that would fall under that umbrella right right totally all right uh we talked about starfield so that's it we got to take a break but let when we come back uh i think it's just state of play and then we'll have covered most of the major stuff right are we missing anything capcom but we can probably sum it up in a couple sentences honestly because it's mostly resident evil and you know monster hunter okay sony state of play and capcom when we return stay right here Colette, question for you. Yeah. Do you like sound? Sounds are pretty good, I think. Most sounds. Yeah, I mean, there's some sounds that are really bad, but like, you know, for the most part, I think about sounds I like, like cat purring and the sound of a rainstorm. When you're playing Ghostwire Tokyo, or Tokyo Ghostwire, as you occasionally call it, (laughs) you're hearing those sounds. You're hearing the rain in Japan. You're hearing cats and other animals, right? All those things are completely true, yes. What if you could hear the sounds while you're playing video games? I think that sounds like it would be pretty good. Eliminate the clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming. This is for PC and for console. Specifically, it's great for PlayStation. It's the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Now, let me tell you something. I'm a professional audio producer. When I do this for work, it's way too scary to go wireless. I need the wires. But for gaming, you don't want to be tethered down, right? That sounds like the best thing I could be doing with my free time. You're free to move about. You can hop up, get a snack. 
The Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation is lightweight, it's comfortable, it's very reliable for wireless freedom, so you're not gonna miss anything. Hey, maybe you gotta take a break, go to the bathroom, bring your headset into the bathroom. You don't wanna miss those cats purring and the rain in <laughs> Tokyo while you're on the potty. Wow, you really tailored this for me, didn't you? Listen, high quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers like, you know, have you heard of Target? <laughs> I think I've seen that place. Best Buy. Nito. Amazon. Thank you to HyperX for sponsoring this podcast. You can get the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless headset for PC and for console at any fine electronics retailer, or you can buy direct from HyperX.com and HP.com. If you like sound, check them out. We have returned, and let us begin with Sony State of Play, which was uh, probably before all this stuff. Uh, it was earlier last week, so uh, why don't you kick it on off? You have a list there? I do, but give me one quick second, because I just realized that I accidentally mm -hmm. closed my tab. Um, let's what? see. Jesus Christ. <laughs> call this professional. So, lots of things we've already seen Um Resident Evil 4 coming back to PS5 with an overhaul, which I am excited to play. I was in the midst of playing it in VR, which I was really enjoying, but then I hurt my arm with tennis elbow. So <laughs> I stopped playing it. And now that I see this coming out, I'm like, well, I might as well hop into that that way. Um, I am not a Street Fighter player. A good friend of mine is. So I know that this was like really exciting for him, but I was just kind of like, huh, neat, Street Fighter. So that was my take on that pretty much Resident <laughs> Evil Village. I am actually excited to play that in VR because VR, I, I, yeah. the only reason I want to play it in VR is because I want to have the experience of feeling what Lady D will actually like what it'll be like to stand in front of her and like have her be <laughs> that much taller than me. I just want that moment of terror to like descend upon my soul. And then like, that's, I might even stop playing. And you're like, I'm good. <laughs> $60 well spent, whatever it's going to cost. Yeah. Right. We already talked about stray. We already talked about Callista protocol. Um, well, I'm, we didn't talk about stray enough, uh, actually. Oh, you want to so talk I about it more? Wanna, yeah. Just carve out a quick chunk for that. I, I think. Well, Hey, go for it. I mean, if you want to, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cat game. Like I'm already, I'm, I'm beyond in let's, you know, let's yeah, be honest. I mean, I just, I, I, it's looks stunning. You, you are a cat in a, in a, I don't know. It's a Tokyo esque, Hong Kong esque, mm -hmm. uh, metropolis, a city, but, but all the humans have gone or perhaps never were there. And, uh, there's a lot of robots just hanging out and you're just wandering around doing stuff and it just looks stunning and beautiful and name a single other game, like a third person action game where you're a cat. I can't think of a single one. And I guess I, I don't want to be cynical. I just hope it's great. You know what I mean? I hope it's not just a pretty thing that is, that is, that is uh, sh shallow or empty. Like I, I want it. I hope it is um, spectacular. It is good. It looks, yeah, it no, really definitely. looks spectacular. I have not entertained the thought that it could be anything other than great. <laughs> so, yeah, I know that I, I, I don't want you to be disappointed. I don't want you to cry is what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think I will. I, I, everything about it looks like something I'm very interested in. So, you know, yep. worst case scenario, maybe I play it and I'm like, huh, I, I enjoy playing it maybe in the same way I did with, you know, Ghostwire Tokyo, where I was like, 
this is cool. It's not perfect, but I'm still enjoying it enough to finish it. So, you know, yeah, that's it. You know, like Ghostwire Tokyo got got very mixed reviews and I'm thrilled that you ended up liking it, but it it just it did not deliver on what the world wanted it to be and I I want this this cat game to really really hit a home run. I, I hear hope. you. Well, you will know. You will know if uh <laughs> I feel that way indeed. Um it's one kind, game it's I, so soon, July 19th and very it's, it's going to hit PC as well, so. Yeah, yeah, we already pre-ordered mm, it. We're very excited it. about that. Um, Excellent. So there's a lot of like bigger name games in state of play. And I just want to take a quick moment to make sure that I single out one of the games that I'm probably the most excited of this entire batch, not just Sony, but all of them. It's called season, a letter mm-hmm. to the future. It is okay. such an unusual looking game. Um, it, it, it honestly looks like a game that could have landed in the wholesome direct, but it, it's got a moment. Ugh, I don't want to say a more polished feel because a lot of wholesome direct games have a polished feel, but it feels like an indie that like got special attention maybe. Hmm. So mm-hmm. you play a young black man um, and it kind of focuses on like very interesting exploring. So you like, you meet people, you kind of explore the world around you, um, you make recordings, you have a camera, the microphone can capture and play back anything you hear. And it, the world is just, I was really fascinated by the post about it on the PlayStation blog, because there was a sentence in it that said, your time spent with other people is crucial. You help them through moments of quiet crisis. Hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? But like something about this game just captured me because to me, it didn't look like anything else. Um, It looked like it had layers of like culture and history and ecology. Mm -hmm. And like, I just was fascinated with it and clearly still am, as you can tell from the excitement in my voice. So, and you know, I, I also think it's gorgeous. Um, you get to see, you know, big, beautiful rainstorms and, you know, big mountainous, uh, backgrounds and forests. And there's a scene where he's like petting a cow. And then the next scene, he looks like he's walking through like an Italian plaza. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like, I don't know what to expect. I just know that I want to be there. I want to get in that it's space. Got, it's got a lot, but it all gels together. And, you know, I don't know if this is a fair... It's not Breath of the Wild, but aesthetically, it has a cell-shaded, naturalistic yes. thing yes. that feels Breath of the Wild, but it's very... It, it's a, And it's a modern world where there are cameras and bicycles and picnic tables and, and as you said, Italian villas. But then also, like ancient ruins and you know seaside cliffs that are uninhabited and yeah i don't know what to make of this but i don't either i'm just like what is coming so yeah i feel the same um i know it's supposed to be a fall release so i'll be watching Mm -hmm. for it but Mm -hmm. having talked through all these games i think that you know there's a certain there's a certain level of like customization in games now where you can be like, Oh, I can play, like I can customize my character. So if I want, I can be white or Brown or yellow or black, but (laughs) I like the idea that this is not a character that I customize. This is actually me experiencing the world through the lens of this young black player that Mm -hmm. is potentially like the same way that when you play, you know, a game, with an Asian main character 
and you play something where you're like, oh, like I'm, you know, I know karate or like, you know, I'm, I know Kung Fu. It's like, okay, well, of course you do. Right. But like, I like when cultural, I like when, when, when POCs are put in a position where they're not the thing they're associated with, but they're just Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. having experiences because I feel like that is so nice and refreshing, you know, like I like that, you know, I like, you know, that experience. So I'm looking forward to, to all of those things about it. The theme of the game, the gameplay, the setting, the loop or whatever has literally nothing to do with the person's Uh um, ethnic or cultural background. They just are. And that's where, that's where we want to be with all media uh, at some point if we can. Totally. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect as far as like what an overarching story will be. I, I'm really excited about it. So season, Good. a letter to the future, probably in my top three most exciting it. games. You have, uh, you have educated me on this cause I have not seen it. And now I'm quickly going to see if it's going to be on PC. I don't know if it is. It might PS4, be a PS five exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will put it in our Zencaster chat for you, but yep, yep. you should look a Colette ass uh, game. What else? As we would oh, say, yeah, going to leave it there there's really nothing else that i'm like omg over that that one really bowled me over so um you know i know i didn't mention final fantasy i mean i mentioned it earlier briefly and you know said that it is you know not necessarily i'm more excited about season than i am about final fantasy 16 sure I, I took a peek at the trailer without sound here, and and it looks uh, it looks epic. It looks like a Final Fantasy. I like the action that I'm seeing. Graphically, looks pretty great. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll consider that. Uh, just quickly, season it does have a Steam page, and it looks like oh, it will be releasing good, perhaps simultaneously. We don't know, but um, yeah, it's all here. It's cool. It is, uh, I thought for some reason you weren't going to get it, so that's really nice. Yeah, so I've wishlisted it. We'll we'll see. Uh, all right, uh, let's hop over to Capcom briefly before we close out the show. Uh, tell me more about the. Well, I mean, Resident Evil was uh, discussed on the Sony thing. So, what else came out of the Capcom uh, event, which was re- very recent today? Uh, actually, the multiplayer Resident Evil game Reverse um, definitely okay. was originally supposed to launch alongside Village. That's coming in October now. It's like a PvP deathmatch game. Not normally my hmm. type of thing, but I might try it. Seems kind of cool. Um, I also thought that Village was going to get a third person mode, which I thought was neat. That's going to be a part right. of an expansion later. I might play that. I'm kind of interested in that. I did not play Village myself. I watched Patrick play Village. So I would like a reason to play it. And I now have some more reasons for that. Um, and I'm also interested in the Shadows of Rose DLC as well. So, you know, I'm hoping that by the time I have the time to sit down and play Village in whatever way I choose to play it, uh, DLC will be out. That'll be in October. So maybe I can like kind of have all of that experience at one time. Mm-hmm. Very good. The other thing from Capcom is just uh, Monster Hunter Rise uh, DLC, which is called Sunbreak. And I was so excited for this already and they really have been drip feeding. Like I thought it was like going to be, it's a new area and you get new gear and they and they really only showed like three other new monsters. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's like an add on to the thing. 
and and then usually it's like oh and that's variants like this monster is blue and it's instead of red and so it's the same monster but it's more powerful or it's got fire instead of what and i just figured they do variations on those guys and whatever and i was like all right cool i'm in it's all good and then what they showed uh at the event was like there are a significant number of new new environments new biomes in which to fight which are very dynamic and then Mm -hmm. also just like a ton it's it's like a second game bolted onto the first game in terms of amount of content and i'm all in i never never pre-order anything i i just i don't do it as a rule the last game i pre-ordered was no man's sky because it was like the hype of the hype of the like extraordinary <laughs> hype that I could ever. And and I don't even know why I d- did it. Like there was no reason to pre-order it, but I just felt you like just had to like the, the second, the second it comes out, it, I must have it. And so that was the last one ever. And I just today was like, yeah, I'll get the, you know, if you pre-order it, you get a, you get skins for your, for your pets or whatever. And it's like, I don't really care about that, but like, I'm going to buy this game, this expansion. Like, there's n- there is no universe in which I do not get and play this for a hundred more hours. <laughs> and so I'm like, fuck it, yeah, let's go. I'll pre-order it. <laughs> and oh, so like in about one hour. Speaking of what we were saying earlier, a demo of Sunbreak uh, with I don't know if it's if they're going to have new, the new monsters in it, but maybe some of the new areas. And there's new, this is very in the weeds, but there's, there's way, there's new mechanics where you can, there's like switch skills. So every weapon has a, has a, a special skill, but you can only equip one skill at a time. And oh. now they're adding a system where you can switch between the, the equipped skills, which like I'm even kind of terrified to do. Cause it's like, it's so granular and it's so specific, but it's kind of just like, Oh, I'm going to do a big swing with my wire bug in a big circle and take out the monster in a big arc. And that's one switch skill, which you can use a wire bug charge to do at like a critical moment. And what they're saying now is like, what if you could do the big horizontal swing and then switch to the vertical, fly up in the air and then down at the and you could do them in a sequence. (laughs) And I'm like, no, my brain cannot handle that. But. I get it. That seems cool for really skilled players. <laughs> and so I think the demo is like, here's how you do all that. And so in 45 minutes, that will be live on the eShop and I will be uh, seeing what's up with the Sunbreak demo. So I was just thrilled to see how massive this update is for this game that I love. And I have cleared the calendar in yeah, June, June that's 30th. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. That's it. Any stragglers, any loose ends that we have not tied up here for the big summer of not E3? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm sure there's many games we're missing, but it's also probably because we're not personally into them, and that's fine. I mean, if uh, folks that listen to the podcast would like to share about games they're excited about in the Discord, I hope that you will. We would like to hear from you as well. But yeah, for me, I mean, I've literally named so many games, I can't even remember them all. So uh, (laughs) I think that's it. I think that's all I can do. Let's get out of here. Please share what you're hyped about in the Discord and the email. All of those links are in the show notes. Our music is by Azure Flux and our logo is illustrated by just Kelman Katarina. 
And uh, we will talk at you in one week's time. We publish every Friday. Tell a friend or two about this podcast if you're enjoying it. We got some really wonderful, kind feedback from uh, some longtime listeners and from new for new list from new listeners. So we're excited that people are discovering the show. And and uh, if you share it with one person who might uh, want to join our community, we uh, we we know how special that is. So so uh, we hope you do. And we will talk with you in. A week. Bye bye.